0: You are listening to the Spurs-Related Podcast. Listen for free on Anchor and Spotify.
1: Hello guys, welcome to another Spurs-Related Podcast with your host, James. And as always, I've got my co-host alongside me, Joseph McBride. And uh, this week we're joined by uh, a very special guest, uh, Holly Agomba. Uh, welcome on in Holly, um, it's a pleasure to have you and uh, we're looking forward to talking about everything Spurs related today.
2: Yeah cheers, thanks for inviting me on, I'm, I'm really happy to be on and can't wait to talk to you guys.
1: Awesome stuff, awesome stuff and also uh, we've got Alessio, uh, the founder of Spurs Related on the podcast today. Um, Alessio, thanks very much for joining us as well, uh, how are you doing?
3: I'm doing good, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to having a few more in the future as well. So awesome let's get going.
1: Awesome stuff. And obviously Joe, uh, how are you doing? How how have you enjoyed watching uh the dreadful Tottenham this week?
0: Well, I haven't enjoyed it. Um <laughs> no, no, it's there's been positive signs, like what you can pick out of it, but it's it's been interesting. Um that's what you seem to be getting at the moment with Jose Mourinho's Tottenham. So that is what it is.
1: Uh tell me about it. Where do we even start? Um, Well, where we're going to start today is obviously the roundup of uh, the previous week, obviously the Everton clash and the um, 3-0 defeat to Manchester City on Saturday. Um, we start with Holly. Holly, it's a difficult one, obviously, this week. It's been horrendous. I mean, the Everton game absolutely killed me and I don't know about everyone else, but I'm sure the same. Um, And then obviously to end it on a stinker against Man City and... Been a pretty heartless performance. It got me very angry on the Sunday, I tell you. But um, you know, um, do you want to summarise your thoughts on the the week and you know what is honestly going wrong with Tottenham at the moment?
2: To be honest with you, I think I just echo your thoughts. Obviously, when we played Everton, we played nice attacking football and look how that turned out. And then against Man City, it was pretty much the opposite in in a sense that we did try and attack, but it was more of a sense of trying to defend. And to be honest with you, when you're playing Man City the way they're on the form at the moment you're not really going to be able to do that. So the City game, i kind of just let it slide because they are the best at the moment. They're on great form and we're on the opposite end of the spectrum at the moment. We're not on any sort of form. And to be honest with you, I can't really fault in the sense of the way that Jose wants to try and play these games because to be honest with you, with the Quality, or should I say, lack of quality, we have in defence. I don't really blame him. He tried to do what the fans wanted, which was watching nice football, and that was against Everton, and we still conceded five goals. Mm. And again, City tried to do the same thing, but it just—it's not going to happen with the quality we have at the back. It's just, yeah, it's a, a mismatch of loads of different things at the moment.
1: You mentioned obviously the quality at the back. Do you do you think we need a complete reshift in defence? Obviously, Toby it has been a five or six years now, you know, Davinson Sanchez a couple of years. Do you think, you know, the likes of, I don't like mentioning names, but Ben Davies, Eric Dyer, do you think they need to move on or do you think that's a bit harsh based on a few games considering where we were at the start of the season a pretty solid defence or do you think enough is enough?
2: To be honest with you, at the start of the season, I sat here and thought to myself, I'm actually looking forward to this season because we've actually, for once, I've felt we've got squad depth but as the season's gone on, it's like, that quality just isn't there and you're thinking to yourself we've got Ben Davies at left back and I'm thinking to myself that man can't go forward he can't take a man on and he clearly can't track a run either because there's endless moments where he's done that so many times he just let his man go I mean the likes of Toby I think Toby's our best defender but like you pointed out he's getting on a bit and Mm. I clearly can't see him maybe one more year in him but and then I look to the rest of the players at the back and I think, so if no one else has got that command and presence, every player in that back line has a mistake in them. There's no doubt about it. So I think come the summer, we seriously need an overhaul, but whether Levy will pay out the money is another question in itself.
1: Yeah, I think that's a very good summary. I think it's boring times for Tottenham fans. And obviously, I'm trying to be optimistic for the summer. We're definitely going to need um, new signings for sure. Uh, Joe, where are Tottenham going wrong at the moment? I mean... You could spend 40 minutes talking about it alone, but I mean, try and summarise what you're you're seeing at the moment and from obviously a very much a neutral point of view, um, how are you
0: finding it? Well, you started the season so well and there was a nastiness and a fight to you, which is very common with Mourinho's teams. Like You had five losses out of uh, the first 33 in all competitions, but you've lost four out of the last five, which kind of says it all. It's just, it seems like the fire's burnt out and wherever Mourinho's gone, he's just, he focuses on his spine. He's nasty. He's aggressive. Mm. He plays this kind of football. When he joined Chelsea for the first time, like straight away, he brings in Drogba, Czech, and Alex, and Essien. Like it's just huge. Inter Milan, like Eto Melito, Schneider, Thiago Motta in the same season. At Real, he's already star studded, but he's bringing in Varane, Carvalho, Kadira. Even even his second Spurs, uh, Spurs, it's <laughs> second stint, sorry, at Chelsea, like Diego Costa, Matic, and Courtois in the same year. Like, he comes in, he brings a spine and he makes the team difficult to beat. With Spurs obviously he's brought in Hoiberg and that's great. One of the signings of the season for me and you could argue he doesn't really need to bring anyone in because he's got Kane and Lloris which is a fair argument but it's kind of hard to do a job when you're using someone else's old tools and it, it, it doesn't feel like a squad to me and the fight's just not there. They've obviously lost faith in him. It needs a revamp like Holly was saying. It's, it's just the cycle of the squad has run for me and the defence needs to clear out. I just think An overhaul is needed, and I think an overhaul could completely transform the identity of the club, but whatever it is that Mourinho brought with him, it seems like the fire's gone out now.
1: Yeah, I think you've summarised that really well. I think, like you were saying, about the spine and bringing in spines from Inter Milan, Real Madrid um, and Chelsea, obviously twice, actually. Um, You say, like, Courtois and the likes of the goalkeeper, defender, midfielder, striker. You know, you said about Drogba the first time, Melito, Inter Milan and... I think I think at the moment, Mourinho hasn't actually got his team, like you were saying. I think in the summer, he should be allowed to buy, you know, maybe one goalkeeper, depending on how Lloris is, how we're feeling about Lloris at the end of the season. One centre-back, maybe one full-back, one midfielder and one striker. I think, I mean, he's, he's technically got one striker in Vinicius. Is he going to keep him? Who knows? Um, Lloris
0: is great. I mean, when he was at Real, obviously they had, you know, Casillas, one of the best keepers I've ever seen, and at Inter he had Julio Cesar, that was in the form of his life, so he didn't need to bring him on in. And same as Spurs, Lloris is a great keeper, but you know, against City, it showed moments of weakness. He was poor for, you know, he should have saved the penalty, really, but you can excuse that as a penalty. So I mean, yeah. and I think currently, yeah. if I'm
1: long, I think you know Lloris is 33 or 34 now, I believe. So, you know, he's getting on a bit, and you know, eventually we're going to have to find a, a longer term replacement for him anyway. So. You know, what, what better time than the summer potentially if if his form goes down even more? I mean, I personally absolutely love Lloris. Um, what's, your, what's your opinion on Lloris Alessio?
3: Yeah, I really love him. He's like, he's literally like the clubs. I don't know. He's like a father in the club. I've seen like quotes from players. They really highly rate him. Even from the Amazon documentary, just seeing him in the dressing room, pumping up the players, stuff like that. It's just, I never thought he was the captain that we all thought, like, I thought he wasn't the best captain, personally, until I saw the Amazon documentary, my view on him just changed, and it's just... He's a completely different
1: character behind that closed door, isn't he? I mean... Exactly. Holly, what's your opinion on everything that's just been said? Do you think that Spurs need a completely new spine from, from goalkeeper to striker, or is it being a bit harsh on Lloris, or do you think, you know, we need certain... You said about Ben Davies, for me, I think we need another... Back up left back, obviously, Regulon. Who knows if he's going to stay? You know, we've got all these concerns for the summer. There's going to be a massive window 2021 summer.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of split just in the sense that Hugo's form, I think, has kind of dipped in that run up when he broke his arm to then coming back into the side and then he managed to bring it up again. And now we're seeing it dip again. I think it's a bit too harsh just to to pin it all on him because to be honest with you if I had that back four in front of me I think sometimes I'd be losing my head just because <laughs> I think there's a lack of confidence in the whole side and I think sadly I don't know there's rumours that Levy's going to get rid of a big player in the summer to try and recuperate funds now could that be Hugo going off obviously we kind of know there's rumours that he maybe wants to get his sights on PSG and play under Poch but who knows I mean I'd like him to stay because I think there's Bigger problems than Hugo Lloris at
1: the club. I mean, it could be Deli Ali as well going in that direction. So, I mean, we could see Lloris and Deli Ali go to PSG or, or one or the other. So, potentially that's going to free up some money. However, the only thing I'm thinking is, I mean, Lloris is 34 now. Like I said, is he going to be worth that much money to a club? You know, when players seem to get over 30, their, their value almost halts in in value. But I know goalkeepers have a bit more years left in them. You know, Buffon still playing at. Juventus at 42 or 43 years old is, is something pretty incredible really um but no I think I think I agree I think I think it is very harsh to say Larice. you can't pin the blame on Lloris I think I think that defense comes first and I think there's also fans out there that think Mourinho is the problem well I, I for me I can't see how you can say it's just Mourinho when we've got the squad that isn't really his squad he's kind of picking up the pieces after Pochettino yes he's had a few signings last year but I don't know. Joe Joe, what do you think what do you think is the, the main thing that Spurs need to buy? Is it a centre back or do you think it's this whole spine like you were talking about with the Mourinho era?
0: This defence because you know, Mourinho's football works, it's worked everywhere it's been, but they've had a solid defence to do that. Like annoyingly Chelsea had a great defence that he helped build. Inter Milan's defence was frightening with like Mike on Lucio. Real Madrid obviously started with Pepe and Ramos at the back. It works, but it has to start from the back. And it's a domino effect that moves forward. And the weak point in Spurs' team is the defense. So it, as Holly was saying with confidence, it shoots the confidence in the midfield and they have to drop deeper. And Kane has to drop deeper as well. And Larissa's is, is no goal. So it's it's just a knock on effect. So yeah, Toby's getting on. You know, he he brought in Regulon, he's a great player, injuries recently, which has been unfortunate, and road on to the future, but Right now, in terms of starting 11, it's just a bit weak, in my opinion.
1: I think if you look at our starting 11, you know, the f- the front four, you know, Bergwine, Son, Kane, and well, it depends who plays in that number 10 at the moment. It's all a bit over, all over the place. And Dombele, you know, La Celso on his feet, Deli has been in there, Lucas obviously coming in on the wide positions. But for me, I mean, you look at that front four, its it's one of the best in the league, but then you go further back and you start to think, the mid-table team comes out in Tottenham. I mean, Ndombele is obviously world-class and Hojbjerg's become one of the best signings of the year. But then you go even further back there, you're looking at Ben Davies and... Oh, I don't even want to talk about it. Matt Doherty, <laughs> it's looking like... It's looking like B-Tech Swansea again. It really is. I just feel like there is, there is a number of issues. Alessio, we'll go over to you now. What do you think's the main problems at Tottenham at the moment?
3: Well, people might... Not like this but I think it's the players as well not all the players but some of the players because even in the poch era towards the end I feel like the play well the players kind of stopped playing for him type of yeah. thing but I think it's it wasn't Proch's who I feel like it's the players and he did say before the summer window that season he wanted to rebuild and that's when levy had to step up and he didn't exactly step up that that transfer window he didn't really buy. The players I feel like Pochettino wanted. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember who we bought that window, but definitely wasn't enough for what Poch said. He made a brilliant example with the the furniture, a house. You need to build a house type thing with, with the furniture inside, mm. something like that. Yeah, and I understand. I don't. I don't feel like he got the top quality furniture. I think the if only like, good so signing like, at the end of the Poch era was probably
1: Celso. I mean, oh yeah, that's obviously Endombele was right at the end as well, but, you know, he wasn't getting a chance till really Mourinho came in. I mean, yes, he's, he started a few games under Poch, but his fitness played a part as well, didn't it? Um So, yeah, I think I summarises that topic. I think to summarise it, I think Tottenham definitely need a, a good window and it's going to be probably the most important window for a good few years because it could be the difference between obviously Mourinho keeping his job and Mourinho going because... Who knows what's going to happen with that if we don't win a bit of silverware. That's, all, that's another topic uh, that we will not be starting right now, but um, no, that's interesting uh, from
3: all of you there. I just wanted to add that we need, like, at, at the back, just one centre-back could change the whole uh, defence, like a Van Dijk, like Liverpool, mm. or a Ruben Diaz. Something like that will just transform the defence.
1: I, I mean, we've been looking uh, with Scrinio and, and players like that. That, that kind of yeah. goes with the whole you know, Mourinho era with, with Joe was saying with Cavalio and and the spine of the team potentially could be the answer.
3: Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so we're going to move on now. Um, we're going to talk about obviously the, the big Europa League game on Thursday against Wolfsburger and uh, obviously the Sundays game as well in the Premier League. Uh, I'm going to start with Holly. Holly, what are your thoughts on the the, the week's fixtures ahead. Do you think uh, we're going to get a result at Wolfsburger? Obviously, it's not actually at Wolfsburger. It's um at the Puskas Arena now, hasn't it? It's been uh, rescheduled for there. But wh- what do you think Tottenham's chances are of getting a result there and making it a comfortable tie back at home?
2: I honestly think we've just got to go for it. I think Jose's realising that this isn't the squad that's good enough to be able to do it in the Premier League and in Europa. And I think right now, I think winning the Europa is the only thing that will possibly save our season because... Each week now, I'm thinking to myself: Are we going to get top four? Because I feel like it's it's slowly sipping away. And if we manage to win Europa, we've got UCL placement anyway. So, I think for Jose, he's just got to go out there and, and play the best squad, and plus get away a win from home. It'll look good. It'll look good in the second leg as well. So, I think that's just kind of where we need to go for it: get a win and get the job done.
1: Do you think it's, college, just going on from what you were saying, do you think it's going to boost the confidence if we do get a win? Because obviously Wolfsburg, are, with all due respect, they're not a massive team. I think Joe was saying last week, they're something like seventh in the Austrian league. So obviously they're not a huge team, but do you think a, a big win away could really, you know, help us for the, the weekend game as well, obviously?
2: I think so. It's all about building on momentum. I mean, I said about if we managed to beat Everton, that would be a massive push to push us into the game against City. Obviously that didn't go to plan, but again, it's, it's to get another game under a belt, another game that's won because we have had a rough set of fixtures at the moment in terms of having to play so many fixtures in such a short period of time. So to be able to get that win away from home, I, like you said, I think it will boost the confidence and I think that is what we really need at the moment because I, I don't think we've got the quality in players but if we allow them to have a little bit of confidence, who knows what we can go on and do.
1: Mm, and I'm looking ahead at you know the weekend, Sunday's um, game at West Ham. I mean, West Ham... We haven't been able to say it for a few years, but West Ham are looking like a, a quite a very you know, a very strong team at the moment. So I think, obviously, like you were saying, if we can get an away win, it could be huge. And, and the players obviously aren't showing great quality at the moment, but a bit of morale might completely change that. Joe, what are your thoughts on um, everything that's just been said there? Do you think Spurs get a win on Thursday, they can go to West Ham and potentially have their tails up for a win? Or do you think uh, it's completely irrelevant?
0: Yeah, I think this is the time to kick on now. I mean, I know you can look at stats like and say like I was critical of saying it's four losses out of the last five, which isn't great. But, you know, that was City, Chelsea and Liverpool. So you've got to give a bit of slack there. But um Wolfsburg has got to be a, a good a good victory there. They're much inferior side to even the teams that are in your group stage. Um and this is the, the competition that Mourinho has as good a chance to win as anyone. So I think this is it. they're gonna kick on now. And you play West Ham on the weekend. And it's scary how they're playing, but it's it's kind of romantic. This is the team that Mourinho first played against with Spurs. And you've got a decent run of form coming up with Burnley after that, Palace. You've got a probably difficult trip to Arsenal after that. But the difficult games coming thick and fast are slightly more spread out now. You've got some good few weeks of, you know, beatable teams, three points easy. So I think this is the time to kick on now. And um, hopefully the mood will change. Hopefully the players' mentality will change. And I think you'll be right. Hmm.
1: I've been looking at the fixtures now we've obviously got Wolfsburg away West Ham at, uh, West Ham away then we've got Wolfsburg at home which is obviously a very key moment in potentially Mourinho's era if we can win that game, we're going to the last 16 and like like Holly was saying who knows if, if we win the Europa League completely change our aspect and opinion on this season, then we've got Burnley at home, Palace at home and then obviously Arsenal away so some tough fixtures coming up, but like Joe said, very winnable games. I mean, Burnley at home, Palace at home, you expect six points there. Um, obviously, Burnley can't be underestimated this year with a few shock results, but no, I expect us to kick on. Um, Alessio, are you expecting three points, or should I say a win against Wolfsburger and three points against West Ham, or what are your thoughts on it?
3: Uh, Wolfsburg, definitely. I'm hoping three points to wake us up, kick us on. Um uh... Uh, West Ham, they're on really good form like Joe said, but we do we do have a like a history with West Ham where we can lead and then they make, make a comeback like this season and I'm hoping that that isn't the same situation. I really want to win that game and uh, hope that will boost our morale towards other games in the coming weeks so yeah i'm I'm hoping for two wins, but let's see how it goes Absolutely. Uh, I definitely want I want the Europa League. I would rather take the Europa League trophy and even Carabao Cup over top four as well. But maybe I'm too optimistic, but I'll definitely be happy with that. But I, think
0: I think you get exactly. Europa League, you don't need top four. So exactly oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 It works both ways. And you're only playing three sides out of the top six in the Premier League to the end of the season now. Like you've got a lot of oh, yeah, uh, that's true. difficult fixes out of the way now. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely.
1: I think there's a lot of negativity around Spurs at the moment. Like Joe just said, there is a lot of teams we've already faced, and you know other teams haven't faced the top four or six yet. So, uh, you know, we could easily get a run going. Yeah, I'm trying to stay optimistic about it, as as all uh, Tottenham fans should do as well. But um, we'll only we only wait and see. Now, I'm going to move the topic on now to what we have been doing for the last. Well, we certainly did it with Max last week, and we're going to do it again with Holly this week. We obviously ran a questions poll on our Spurs related Instagram and asked uh, followers for some interesting questions Spurs related what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask the questions and uh, I want an answer from everyone what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with the first question this one's from Emil Edgush on Instagram and he says thoughts on Who you'd like to see as a potential replacement for Jose Mourinho if he gets sacked? And he's also put in brackets with thoughts on a potential Poch return in the future. Now, Holly, what are your thoughts on uh, a managerial replacement for Mourinho if he goes at the end of the season? I know, obviously, Pochettino has recently started a job at PSG. But who would your ideal replacement be with a thought on if Poch became available in a, a year or two?
2: be honest with you I think it's really hard for me to sit here and say I mean obviously Nagelsmann has been flying around everywhere at the minute and I wouldn't mind him I mean obviously he's been doing well for RB Leipzig um I'm just sat here thinking would he come to Tottenham mm. I, I it's a downgrade at the moment and I just the trouble is with our board whoever we get in and we sort of potch no matter how good they are they need backing and sadly with our board just don't see it happening so I'd like to say Nagelsmann but I I just don't see it happening personally I mean I'd love Harry Redknapp to come back because I love him um but (laughs) in terms of Harry Redknapp (laughs) Harry Redknapp uh, the Harry but in terms of um in Poch I think he's only got he's only got a short contract with PSG as well which makes me wonder that it's more of a short term let's get this done let's try and win something more than a let's see this project through so I think Poch has always got in the back of his mind Tottenham but again I think gone to PSG to prove to everyone that he can win things because that's the only thing that watches the fact that we had him for five years and he didn't win anything and then you sit there and think actually maybe if he was backed a little bit more we probably would have a trophy for him so mm. I think he's gone to PSG just to get that under his, his belt basically so I mean I'd love to see Poch back at the club at some point but nothing's going to change until we get a new board or a board of members that actually want to spend money on the, on the pitch rather than the nice stadium that comes with the football
1: Absolutely, yeah. just very quickly. You said about Harry Redknapp. Um, I don't want to put pick you apart too much, but Harry Redknapp, obviously, you know, he was a brilliant servant for Tottenham. He changed them from a potentially a mid-table team to a you know a top four team in a couple of years. Obviously, Gareth Bale Prime helped that. Obviously, Pochettino was sacked, and and so was Redknapp. Do you think those kind of managers would return to Tottenham one day, or do you think they've kind of sinned their time at Tottenham, and it's time for a new f- fresh blood coming in?
2: I mean, in terms of Harry Redknaut, that's, that's just me saying I love him. I want him back. But in terms of Poch, I could see him coming back to the club because we all saw that he loved Tottenham. Mm. I mean, especially in that semi-final where he broke down to the floor. Like, it meant so much to him, not just because of the final of UCL, but more because he's managed to do it with Tottenham. I could personally see him coming back to Tottenham, like I say, after he's won a trophy elsewhere.
1: Mm, definitely. I would agree with that. Obviously, we've seen Jose Mourinho do have a return to Chelsea uh, when he had two reigns there and two very successful reigns as well. Joe, what, what are your opinions on uh, a potential Mourinho replacement if it comes about?
0: We touched on this last week slightly and it's it's more of a fact of who would be available. Um, mm. It doesn't sit right with me. It never has done with managers returning. returning. Um, obviously, there's a lot of love for Poch, so I know it'll go down well with Spurs fans, but I don't know. This has always been one thing that kind of makes me cringe a little bit just because it can completely diminish a previous legacy I mean Jose Mourinho has gone from being sung the Stamford Bridge regardless of where he is to being absolutely hated but he did go to Tottenham so that's his own fault um and I remember Liverpool like Kenny Dalglish's second coming just didn't go very well he did sign Suarez though so there you go <laughs> but um yeah it's just about who's available I, I said last week I th- I just think Simeone and Tottenham would be the perfect pair but I mean I don't think there's any chance he'd go um and Allegri's still a free agent and he'd be very good for defence. But I don't know. It's just finding the right Tottenham person. It's, I, I just I really don't know who it would be. I, I think you've got to stick with Mourinho for now. But if he was to go... Yeah, Nagelsmann is a good shout. I didn't really think about that. He's, he's so young. I just kind of see him destined in Germany. But if he was to come, I, I, th- I wouldn't be surprised if he's hanging around for the long-term buying job, to be honest.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Obviously, I, I see him as like the German Pochettino. I really do. Right, he's um, brilliant. right. The next question would be, I'm going to start with Alessio because we haven't heard from him on the Q and A's yet, and I'm definitely going to be going to Holly on this one because I know she's a massive Harry Winks fan. But uh, this one's from Morgan underscore Gamble on Instagram, and he asks, "Do you believe that Winks and Deli Ali should stay or go?" Oh, Alessio, what are your thoughts on Winks and Deli Ali staying or going?
3: Oh, that's a tough one. Don't want to offend anyone, but uh, Deli Ali. I wanna I I wanna see him get that form back. And I feel like we can't let go of him because if you well, Kyle Walker Peters obviously is not the like the top player like he is, but for example, he left and he's doing really well at Southampton. So I don't wanna see that similar situation happen with Deli Ali. He leaves and he does amazingly at another club. And that's why I want I would keep Deli Ali, but I don't know, maybe loan him out to get that form back and I really hope he does. Uh, so, Harry winks uh, yeah so sorry,
1: yeah. sorry I, what I was gonna say is do you think that you're, what you're saying there is daily Ali deserves one more throw of the dice to see okay. his real quality because we've obviously seen it when he joined them the first few years.
3: yeah, exactly yeah I, I wanna give him just one more chance. Harry winks uh he has those good and bad games, which is he's like really inconsistent type of thing, but I saw mm-hmm. in the Pochettino era the last season. Him and Suzuko when they combined together, Suzuko was like the defensive-minded player and Winks was kind of pushing. Well, people say he passes back sideways, but in that season, I think him and Sissoko combined really well mm. with him progressing the ball really well and Sissoko holding the defensive areas. But yeah, um, Harry Winks, maybe I'll say he's quite young. Well, not young, he's similar age to the Yali. Yeah, actually, he's the same age as Phobia, isn't he? So if you compare the two with Hojbjerg and Winks, just different levels.
1: So, Different class at uh, the moment, isn't it? It really definitely. is. Now I'm going to get my popcorn for this one because I know Holly is a massive Harry Winks fan. she has got the £25 uh, sellout Spurs official uh, Harry Winks pillow. I don't even know what they are. They're interesting, but I'm sure everyone knows what I'm talking about, the big heads. But um, <laughs> Holly, what's your opinion on Harry Winks? Um, and obviously you can touch on Dele Ali as well.
2: Well, where do I begin? To be honest with you, I've got that for Christmas and ever since then he's fallen off a cliff, to be honest with you. He's been thrown <laughs> at a wall, he's been booting across the room. It's just, I don't know what it is with Winks at the minute. I feel like maybe Jose's asking him to do a job that he necessarily can't do. Like Alessio pointed out, in that season on the potch, he was playing slightly more forward. At the moment we kind of see him sitting back and seeing that backwards and sideways passing movement that is highly infuriating, but I also think maybe he's not sitting with the right player, as in when he's pulled in for rotation, is he playing with the correct player next to him? Is that allowing him to play the best he can? I don't know, but in recent weeks, it's even his touches off, even his passing's off. I mean, against Everton, he had a shot towards the end of the the game and it's hit the bloody corner flag. So that just kind of highlights where I'm kind of at with Winks in a sense that I feel... He won't go just because I feel like he's one of these players that's in it for the club, in it for the team, rather than someone that's a single out player and wants to go elsewhere. I feel like he's Tottenham through and through. And if he does go, fair play to him. But right now, I honestly see him as just a squad player. I don't see him as a starting 11, especially the way he's performing. And with Delhi, it's so tricky with Delhi because he's got those moments of flair. He's got those moments where you think to yourself, we could really need this towards the end of the season, but it's his attitude. I just, I don't think it's all there. He he feels like he's got a chip on his shoulder and because Jose's come in and called him out on it, he's having a little sulk. And I think that's Mm. why Jose said he's lazy in training because who knows, we don't know what goes on in the training ground, but with his chip on his shoulder that that you've seen in many years, you you can kind of see actually maybe this is what Danny's like in training. So it's a tough one. I mean, I'd like to see him come back into the side and start performing well, but while he's
3: got this attitude
1: problem, I really don't see it happening. Mm, I, the way I just, the way I see it is it, it's very similar story to the Diego Costa falling out with Mourinho when he was at Chelsea because and a bit like the Pogba one as well because whoever's the ego in the training um, room is, it, it, he always seems to fall out with him because obviously Mourinho's got a big ego himself he almost seems to be like he's the man and and I think we're seeing it at every club Mourinho goes to now. Um, Delhi Ali is obviously the big character in the dressing room. He's the joker. He likes to have a laugh, and obviously he, that comes with attitude problem, like as well, a bit like Pogba and a bit like Diego Costa, like I said. So I think there's similarities there. Um, Joey, what would you say um, with regards to Delhi Ali? Do you think he's certainly someone that needs to move on if the attitude problem, you know, continues, or do you think he he needs
0: another chance? It depends if he wants to buy into the to the Mourinho way because. Mourinho put his you know his neck on the line for anyone he, he he loves his players when his players love him like if you buy into the Mourinho way he will be loyal mm. to you and he will you know be grateful to you but if that ego and that you know petulance you, if you go against the grain of Mourinho he will hang you out to dry and that's been prominent wherever he's been so apparently they've had this chat, apparently they've sorted things out, which would be nice. I mean, Deli was huge for Mourinho when he first came in. I think he scored in like three or four of the first five or six games for Mourinho. He was, he was class. Um, so yeah, it's just, he's an emotional player and that's why maybe with some other players of similar quality, I'd say maybe move on, but him and Winks are so emotional and they're Tottenham through and through and you need that kind of fight and aggression in games. So I hope he does get another chance. Um, I think he's a great player. I love watching him. And, if he can start producing how he should be and live up to the potential under Mourinho, it, it could be great.
1: I feel like I'm being picky when I say this, but do you feel like Deli Ali? you say he's through and through Tottenham, but do you feel like he's a different through and through than say like Harry Kane, he wears his heart on his sleeve and he, every time he scores, he literally goes mental, whether it's against West Brom or Manchester City. But my point is obviously Deli Ali. you know, he didn't start his career at Tottenham, but I understand what you're saying about Tottenham through and through, but do you see that? that slight difference being the reason behind a player really focusing on his game and the player, you know, throwing his toys out of the prem a little bit, Joe.
0: I don't think it's the Tottenham aspect that changes that. I think it's just the mentality. Like Kane's a humble guy. Mm. Just, I've always heard positive things about him, like just lovely man and keeps his head down and is just the ultimate professional. Whereas clearly, as we've seen over the last few years, Deli Ali maybe isn't that. He's got the quality there and the potential. But the attitude and the focus is just lacking. Yeah, it's very um, different, isn't it? It's just a completely different approach to it. Like That's all it is for me.
1: Okay, guys, last question for the podcast today. I'm going to co- combine two questions now that I've seen uh, that have been asked by our followers. Uh, one is from Thomas I hope I've pronounced that right. He asks, does Rodon deserve more starts? And also, Alif underscore M underscore Fitri asks, will Tanganga and Rodon play well together? So the question from this is, I'm going to start with Alessio because he's been quiet for a little bit. But um, does Rodon deserve more starts? And would Tanganga and Rodon work well as a partnership at Tottenham?
3: Well, it's hard to say because they haven't really started much together. But they started—have they started together one game this season in mm. the FA Cup? Yeah, I don't—I don't think it was that bad to be honest. Uh, I see Rodon has. Got quite a lot of potential, the same as Tanganga. I really rate Tanganga a lot. Uh, Even in his youth days, I've seen. I was like keeping an eye on him. I see a lot of potential in him. Obviously, Jose wants him in a fullback role. I kind of, hopefully, he does develop in that role well. I see him more as a centre back because he's more defensive minded than Mm. going forward. I think, yeah, Roden has. It's hard to tell because they of their like their age. So, yeah, Roden are great. I think he should get more starts, uh, especially with the defensive problems. Yeah, I think what we should do is try them out, maybe one game and see how they do. Uh, not really got much else to say because of how young they are. It's quite hard to decide. No,
1: that, That's that, that's very good points. Um, Holly, what do you think about um, Joe Rodon? Are you a fan of him? Do you think he deserves more starts? And do you think Tanganga and Joe Rodon would work well at Tottenham?
2: I mean, yeah, I mean, at the moment we've touched on it. The defence is awful. So why not give him a go? I think Joe Radon will still have a mistake in him because of his age. I think he is still quite young and the fact that he's still trying to adapt to this side. So I feel like he's not going to be the type of player that's going to be perfect. But in this defence at the moment, no one's perfect. So why not give him a run out? We've got nothing to lose anyway at the state we're playing with this defence anyway so why not and with Tanganga I love Tanganga I mean even when we saw him play against Liverpool you knew the signs were going to come up good so to see those two playing together I'd be all for it the only thing I'd I'd probably say is maybe he can play left back as well so if Reguilon's out I'd rather play Tanganga there over Davies just in the (laughs) sense that I just can't stand Davies and I think to have Toby next to Joe just to give him a bit more of confidence and the person that's been there, done it lots of times. I think it's would the be experience perfect. thing. Yeah, so I definitely wouldn't maybe stick them together in a centre back role just for that. And I think to take Davies out when Regland's injured and put Tanganga there would would be perfect.
1: Yeah, that sounds good. I I think the only thing I would potentially debate about what you just said is obviously very key games coming up in the Europa League. Maybe don't experiment too much just yet because obviously it's a key game. And I know what you're saying it couldn't go much worse, but if you put two inexperienced defenders together at the at the back against the European side that you know Tottenham aren't used to playing against, things can go wrong. <laughs> without um, being too negative, now Joe, did you want to do you want to summarise uh, the part about Rodon? What were your thoughts on him?
0: He seemed pretty solid when I've seen him play. Um, I think there's a bright future for him. Um, he got brought in under Mourinho so it's whether that's a Mourinho transfer or if it was kind of referred to him by the board of you can choose out of these players but you know if Mourinho's brought him in I trust his judgement same with playing Tangangari he actually looked quite good against C regardless Mm. of the result Um, so I think it's definitely one for the future but he's just pairing them with experience for now just to kind of build them up and you know play them on their own it's time will tell I guess for the players at their age
1: Time will tell indeed, and time will tell about Tottenham's week in the Europa League and against West Ham on Sunday. Guys, thank you very much for your time. Holly, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast.
2: No, cheers. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. I've appreciated you asking me coming on. It's been great.
1: No worries. And everyone, obviously, go and follow follow Holly on YouTube, subscribe to her channel and follow her on Twitter and Instagram. This has been the Spurs Related Podcast. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and we'll see you again next week.